0: turning your Bibles to John chapter 20, John chapter 20, and uh, that will be the focus area of our uh, scripture today, and uh, we'll start just as soon as I get everything arranged. Uh, <clears throat> there's something I want to read to you, came out of the back of the hymnal, uh, it's a responsive reading actually. But I think it does a great deal to share the hearts and minds of everyone, not only everyone in the room, but possibly everyone outside the room. And now I'm talking about Christians and non-Christians because there's a lot of questions uh, that happen in this time of year, uh, Easter time and, of course, Christmas time as well. So the people of God. It reads, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The first man is of the earth earthy the second man is the lord from heaven and as we have borne the image of the earthly we shall also bear the image of the heavenly for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And amen. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. For this wonderful day that you've given to us, this Easter Sunday morning, in which once again we draw our minds and hearts uh, to you, to the Lord Jesus Christ. It gives us the opportunity, perhaps better than any other time of the year, to reach out with the very saving grace that you have provided to all. And so we just ask, as we celebrate today, as we worship today, as we learn of you anew today, that you'd guide our footsteps anew, fresh, ready to achieve that which you have placed before us as we walk from here into the coming days and weeks, months, and even years. We thank you now, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The first words of the Easter sermon were peace be unto you. See it in John chapter 20 verse 19. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. They're spoken to those who gathered on the evening of the first Easter day. They brought to those who heard them a fourfold peace. We're going to talk about the fourfold peace. Peace concerning Jesus. Now I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I want I'm going to use some contemporary. You checked the la, the news last night on television. That's how contemporary it is. And take a little license and say, think about that in regards to the day of Calvary. Jesus went to the cross uh, willingly. All of that. Business where people have followed him, following him all over, everywhere uh, in Israel, up and down Israel. The feeding of the five thousand. It is said that many of those five thousand, and of course we can do the numbers because that was just men numbered. So we can add the ladies and we can add the children, and and uh, we can easily extrapolate that number well beyond the five thousand that are mentioned, but the feeding of the 5,000 generated a following and that following followed. Wherever they possibly could, they followed him around. Now, I know some people that are uh, probably retired that are in love with uh, various gospel groups and they actually follow them around. They go, they know that they're playing in Ohio and so they go to Ohio and they go to Indiana. oh, no offense meant. Uh, I know somebody personally that does that, uh, but they go around. Shirley and I travel out of the city. We don't haven't made it out of the state recently, but we travel out of the city. That was back in 2019. We want to make sure I'm speaking accurately here. We haven't done a whole lot of traveling during the year that never was. Oh no, we shouldn't say that either, should we? But anyway, you've got the idea traveling around because we, we like their ministry. We like the music that they sing, the message that they bring, the message of hope, the message of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful message. People come from all over the world to celebrate Passover. Now we're talking about 2000 years ago. So we have Jews from all over the world that have come to Jerusalem For those holy days. That's when they're there. Right in the middle. Of the holy days celebration. Calvary happens. Triumphal entry. Talk about. uh, uh, Palm Sunday. And then. Everything gets crazy. What happened yesterday? What happened the day before yesterday? I think about the riots in Washington. We got people from. Washington here today i think about the what happened in Oregon i think about what happened you name it i think about what happened there and it isn't just the the fact and and there have been individuals that were that have been killed either rightly or wrongly and that's not for me to judge today but what has been the reaction of the people that have gathered they become unruly they because they don't know what's going on and they throw rocks and they burn down the very buildings of the businesses that they foster. It's crazy. You and I would stand, and I'll have to admit, as I sit there watching it on television, praise God, I'm not an eyewitness to those things. What's going on here? So i mention a believer. Think of yourself as one of those followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, Jesus has been arrested Pilate himself has condemned him to death and they're dragging him to Calvary and they nail him to the cross like a common criminal, completely stripped of all of his clothing. Naked, by the way, is naked. I don't care what anybody, any commentary will tell you. There it is. What's, and, he, and he 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 dies. I was there. He died. And most of the people said, crucify him, crucify him. Don't pardon him, all of that. But you you know the story. And here I am a believer and I'm in this crowd. What's going on? My mind is just absolutely exploding. I was there for the feeding of the 5,000. I was there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. What's going on? And they take him off the cross, and they bury him. And then, the disciples learn; other followers, I'm sure, also learn because they needed to complete the burial process that couldn't be completed because of the Passover, uh, because of Sabbath worship. And you know all about that. And so the mayor, the women come to the tomb, as as they would. They come to the tomb to finish the ritual uh, burial. It's a dead body. That's what we do with dead bodies. All of a sudden, this man who walks on water, all of a sudden, this man, this is Lazarus come forth. All of a sudden, this man that feeds 5,000 plus with a couple of fish and a loaf of bread is dead just like everybody else. Just like everybody else in the world, Jesus is dead. And we show up to do What you do with the dead? And he's not here. Stone is rolled away. Tomb is empty. The women, as you know, and we'll be reading it in a moment in the scripture, the women are perplexed. The women come and say he's gone. The men don't believe women because women aren't to be believed anyway. No offense today. I'm speaking in that period, not this period. Right? Careful, careful. Thank you, Shirley, for, for that. But but there it is. And so there's no peace concerning Jesus. Think in terms of the 11 disciples. Forget about Judas. The 11 disciples. Peter, John. John, whom Jesus loved. The beloved one. Peter, I'll die for you. And of course, he's already denied him and all of those things. And we're not going to go into that today. But all of those things. What are they thinking? Well, I can tell you what they were thinking. They went up into a a hidden room. They hid themselves. So that because they were afraid, well, they got Jesus. Now they're going to come after people that that knew Jesus. Almost like what I'm hearing today in a political sense. If you voted a certain way, I'm coming to get you. But never mind. I don't want to go there that's not where i'm going today but that's the idea i want you to see what's happening here in calvary here when jesus was raised from the dead and what's happening today And, and so you understand the turmoil you understand the mindset of even holy peter and holy saint john and and so on we kind of elevate those people we think in terms of them because they're the disciples, because they are the apostles. They are just one step below the angels and they can't possibly have doubts. But they're just men and women. Mary, the Marys, the mother. What's going on here? Think about Mother Mary for just a minute. Very little is said about Mother Mary. Mother Mary has been puzzled puzzling through this life of Jesus for 33 34 years she she been hiding things in her heart she remembers what the angel has told her that this guy is special etc I'm I'm being a little flippant and this is happening and that's happening she was at the cross she watched him die on the cross and now the body's gone i mean what What could be more bad, what could be worse than stealing the dead body of my son? Says Mary, the mother. What's going on here? Was that angel real? Was I just dreaming that 33, 34 years ago? Peace concerning Jesus. Peace concerning Jesus. Let's read a little bit. John chapter 20 does a good job. And so does Mark and so does Luke. And you actually, I suggest that you read (coughs) when you read these instances, you should read them (coughs) together. Don't bind them together, but read the John account and then read the Matthew account and then read the Luke account and read the Mark account before you go on so that you've got the chronology Set up. And We can talk about that another time. That's not what I'm here to do. Verse, nine, verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. And I need to back up now because Jesus, let's back up to verse 11. Mary stood without the sepulcher, weeping as she wept. She stooped down, looked into the sepulcher and see, saw two angels sitting and one at the feet and one at the head. For the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her. Woman why are you weeping? And she said to them. Because they have taken away my Lord. I don't know where they have laid him. And when she had said thus. She turned herself back. And saw Jesus standing. And knew not that it was Jesus. First resurrection appearing to Mary. Not mother. Mary. The other Mary. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who do you seek? She supposed him to be the gardener and said unto him, sir, if you've borne him hence, if you've taken his body somewhere, tell me where it is and I'll take him away. I'll take care. I came here to do the war uh, taker uh, kind of thing to do. And I'm, that's what I'm here to do and I'll do it. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned herself and said to him, Rabboni, which is the same master. She recognized who he was. Now stop right there and think about that. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. She saw the dead body. She saw it drug down off of the cross. She saw it wrapped up hastily there at Calvary. She saw it carried away and entombed into Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. She saw the seal. She knew there was a guard. He's dead. Just like my grandmother's dead. Just like my grandfather's dead. Just like my father passed away last year. He's dead. Rabboni. Master. Jesus said to her, touch me not. For I am not yet ascended to my father. But go my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Go broadcast. So Mary goes and broadcasts. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, verse 18, that she had seen the Lord. And that he had spoken these things. And they thought she was deranged. I would have thought she was deranged. Seen the Lord, yeah, 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 you saw the body. Okay, hooray for you. Spoken these things. Are you having hallucinations, Mary? We've thought about you in this way a little bit of all of these years, and now it's coming to there's fe- It's just too much. there's too much. you flipped out. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Now, why would he say that? Well, we've got that first thing going for us right now. Nobody's at peace right now. Not a single one of us is at peace right now. We're absolutely out of our minds with grief, with confusion. All of that stuff he's been feeding us for the last three years. He's dead. Just like any other body is dead. And now we got this woman. Saying that he's up running around. And talking to her. Give me a break. What am I supposed to think? I don't know. Peace. Concerning Jesus. Jesus has come to provide peace. And then Jesus said to them. Peace be unto you. As my father has sent me. Even so send I you. Got the context of that verse. You've heard over and over again. There it is. Right there. First day of resurrection. Today. Easter Sunday. Tonight. Sometime tonight. Even Well, let me get the whole thing. Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And by extension, everybody in this room. Not going to worry about anybody outside now. I'm talking to you. So send I you, the scripture says. Even as the Father has sent me. Now let's talk about that phrase for just a moment. Because think about it. The Father has sent me, Jesus, to arrive and to do this earthly, live in a physical body junk. Man, did I give up a lot to do that. And here's a physical mind speaking spiritual thing. Shame on me. And I have come out of the love of the Father in order to provide for you an avenue to the Father. Even as the Father sent me to you, so I'm sending you to him. So send I you. Now, we can translate that for a moment. Because now we're talking about the difference between life and death. We're not talking about dead bodies anymore. We're not talking about or, uh, uh, morticians We're not talking about embalming fluid. We're not talking about any of that stuff. We're talking about the difference between life and death. I'm going to live forever. Even as God the Father sent me to die. See, I died and you all know that. You might not have been there. But you got the word. The word got out. And now look at me. Here I am. Now. The controversy over Thomas. Got to do it. Because if you look at the context of the scripture. And believe what the scripture says. When he talked to Mary. Touch me not. For I am not yet ascended to my father. And then that very same night. (coughs) He goes. And even. Eight days later, he goes, and Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when they came, what I just talked about. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Except I do what? See the hands, touch the nail prints, put my fist into his side. I'm not going to believe nothing. Then Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, What did he say? Peace. Be unto you. And this time he's probably looking right straight into the eyes of Thomas. Peace be unto you, Thomas. And then he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach into the hand, thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. The context of this scripture tells us that Thomas did not touch Jesus. Why is that important? Because we go back to verse 17. Touch me not, for I am not he ascended to my father. And what's the context of this verse? He hasn't ascended yet. He's still got all this running around to do. All these guest appearances to make, if I can put it that way. He wants to get around to as many people as he can that know who he was as a physical person and see that, yes, I am in fact raised from the dead. I have conquered death by the power of the Father. And if you were with Mary and Martha in John chapter 11, you saw me do it to somebody else. And because I can do it to somebody else, I can do it to all of you. I can give you eternal life. I can give you eternal life. And that gives them what? It gives them peace. It gives them a peace that now everything that I've heard, everything that I've learned, all of the stuff, and now we're talking about the 11 disciples because they probably learned more than anybody else. <clears throat> Is true. Every single word that he spoke, he being Jesus, is true. Which gives us pause to understand when we say that every single word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God it's true. Therefore, on this Easter Sunday morning, when we know Jesus is raised from the dead and outdoing his personal appearances, I have the assurance that come the time for the embalmer to see me, do what you want to do with the body, but I'm going to live forever. My spirit is going to be in the presence of God forever. Why can I say that? Because he said so. And it's even more than that. It's not he just said so. His personal appearances proved it. For every single person that saw him, didn't even have to be in the room with him like the 11 disciples were, That saw him in the crowd as he was walking down the streets of Jerusalem, Oh, that's that Jesus. He's dead. No, he's not. There he is. Every one of those persons becomes a what? A living witness of the fact. I can't. I'm not a living witness of what I saw on television. But every single person. And we have a lady that was that lives here in the valley that was at the January 6th business in Washington, D.C. She's a living witness of what happened when the capital was all of that business. Now, I saw as much TV about it as probably anybody in the room, <clears throat> but I can't be called myself a living witness. I saw only what Joe, Joe Smith, the photographer, took on the video that I saw. That's all I saw. I wasn't there. I saw for sure... I saw the horrors of war because I've been in war. I've been, I have been—I went to Vietnam. I saw stuff. I'm not going to tell a bunch of war stories now, but I saw stuff. And maybe a few of you have too. But most of you in the room, you saw it on TV. You saw what Walter Cronkite gave you on Channel 2 or whatever. But you never felt the feeling you never felt the fear of walking down a jungle path or having mortars flying in and, and dropping on you. And oh, now I'm starting to tell a war story. Shame on me! But you got the idea. I have. Want to talk about the horrors of war? I can talk about the horrors of war because I'm an eyewitness. We have eyewitnesses over and over and over again and where did I put that list here we go appearances of the risen Christ Mary Magdalene John chapter 20 the other women Matthew chapter 28 Peter Luke chapter 24 to the two on the road to Emmaus Luke chapter 24 to ten of the disciples not the disciples apostles but other disciples Luke chapter 24 John chapter 20 Seven disciples who went fishing. 500 followers to James. To the 11 of the Ascension. And then even going beyond that. What did Stephen see just before the rock hit him between the eyes? He saw Christ. So Stephen. The risen Christ and Saul. The risen Christ and John. In exile. Island of Potmos, Before he wrote Revelation. In fact Revelation. Was written because of that scene. Read Revelation again and think in terms of the context of that. Where did he get that information? Some itinerant preacher. Where did he get that information? God gave it to him directly. That's what Revelation is. Read it. Read it in the context in which it's given. With the understanding that the the giving is not from John. John is just the messenger. I have a mailman that brings stuff to us all the time. When he brings a check, we love it. When he brings a bill, we just assume he stayed away. <clears throat> but he's just a messenger. God loves you so much that he sent his son. John 3.16 Not to condemn the world, verse 17 that the world through him might be saved. That's what it's all about. And that's what the scripture is talking about. Peace. Peace about Jesus. Peace about ourselves. I don't know about you, but as I get to the age that I'm at, I'm kind of wondering. I'm not doubting. I'm just kind of wondering. Well, it's, you know, I've already passed the actuary table. Every insurance company has has said, that's a very gray area in which you live, Mr. Hubler. Thank you very much, Pastor Hubler, to you. Uh, but there it is. Peace. Peace concerning the fear of the Jews. And this is something... That we need to talk about. For just a moment. As we prepare to close. Because we have the peace. Of God the father. Because we don't care what the Jews think. Well we do. Because in Jews. Now I'm going to translate that. And change that. uh, To the unbeliever. I do care. What the unbeliever. Thinks. Why do I care. What the unbeliever thinks. Because I love the unbeliever. And you are charged with that love. If you've accepted the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, even as God has sent me, so send I you. I send you where? To the unbelievers. To do what? To open the door of their understanding in order that they might see the truth of what I hold in my right hand. In order that they might see that this craziness that Jesus rose from the dead and lives every place at the same time, that the Holy Spirit indwells every single believer in the room, every single believer in the entire world, that's physically impossible. And to that I say absolutely, positively, amen. You're absolutely right. It's physically impossible. But God is not physical. God is spirit. For God, nothing's impossible. Nothing is impossible. Fear concerning the Jews. So I shouldn't be afraid to reach out and to touch an unbeliever and say what a wonderful, beautiful day today is. Set all of the chocolate bunnies aside and let's talk about what this day really is. I told someone this morning, when I drove in this morning, I saw the flags at half-mast. Now, flags that half mast means we're honoring somebody that passed away. And usually it's somebody super important, you know, like a president or somebody. <clears throat> and in this case, as I understand it, I found out there's been another policeman that, that passed away in the last day or two in the defense of the country. Well, my first thought, and I mentioned it to Shirley as we were driving in, I said, it's kind of appropriate. They should have flown it on Friday. Friday is kind of... You know, the Good Friday. People believe that Calvary is Friday. Uh, and then they, after they've done it to half mass, then they should raise it up victoriously to the top. Because now it's Sunday, this Resurrection Day. No more grief. No more sorrow. You know, I miss my mother. Shirley misses her mother. I miss her mother. That shows you how my love reaches out they're both gone they both went through the business they both have a marker somewhere but I know that I'm going to see them again I'm going to be with them again they're going to be with me again how do I know that? here we go again because God said so all of you who have come to know me will be with me in paradise forever. Now, how is that physically possible? All of thousands, millions, billions of people sitting at the throne of Jesus. I'll be lucky if I get into the room, let alone up near what I could see. him. See, now we're talking physical again. Physical has gone. That's true. But spiritual goes on forever. No one, absolutely no one. And scripture really doesn't tell us a great deal about the resurrected body. Well, we see glimpses of it, of Jesus' resurrected body, but there was a purpose in his resurrected body. We don't know what our glorified body is going to look like. We're going to have one. Is it going to have the heart scar that I have in my chest? I don't know. Somebody asked, does Adam have a navel? Uh, I don't know. Silly questions, really, aren't they? It's physical, all that physical stuff. Let's get down to the real business of what we're here for, and that is to talk about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for you and for me. And of course, the peace concerning Pardon from sin. Now, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he paid the price for our sins. And even though we believe that, we still beat ourselves up over those sins. Hey, they're gone. Gee, I remember them no more. I don't keep a book. You can't plug my computer in and get back and see, well, when you were 13 years old and they caught you shoplifting and they took you, none of that. It's that's that's all gone. Peace concerning the pardon from sin. And if I sin today, there's even an avenue for that, first John one nine. I'm faithful and just to forgive my sins. If I go to him, if I confess those sins to him. If my and it's in the bulletin every week, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Seek my holy face and I will hear from heaven and I will forgive those sins. Flat out, there it is. Feet planted firm on the ground. You are forgiven if you have accepted God's gift to you. And I'm not backing down on what I just said. That's what Easter is all about. That's what resurrection is all about. That's what resurrection was meant for Mary, for Peter, for John, for all of the people that Jesus encountered before he ascended into heaven. And touched people like you, like me. I've done some stuff that I really just as soon not have done. But I have been forgiven. I have been forgiven. I am just as clean as driven snow as the saying goes. How do I know that? That's the promise. I came to give you peace. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. And so the scripture says, Romans chapter 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. How about that? For an Easter verse. Let's do it again. May the God of hope, hope for what? Well, we talked about it already, fill you with all the joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Happy Easter. He is Risen as he said he would be. Can you share that with me? He is risen as he said. Before I cut the cake, that's what it's going to say. He's risen. Can you shout that? Can you say that? Can you proclaim that? to everybody wearing bunny ears and talking about Easter egg hunts and all of that, all of that stuff. The purpose of this day is to be reminded that he is risen with a message that says, peace be unto you. And we say now, Amen. Let's see.